you have your Bibles with you, I pray that you will join me in 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, as we continue our walk through being faithful in discipleship. Today we will look at being faithful in discipleship that leads to missions. What a great time for us to be discussing missions as a team has just returned from uh, an amazing spirit-filled week in Caledonia, Belize. And this Wednesday, we have two other teams that will be leaving. One will be going to Lots Creek, Kentucky. The other will be going to Farmington, Utah. We would like to pray over you this morning as we end our service. And so be prepared for that if you are one of those teams. And while I'm thinking about it, uh, if you are going to Lots Creek, you will meet right after the service, right here. Again, the head nod and two thumbs up. Right here, Lots Creek, Kentucky, and uh, maybe the youth will let you sit on their pew. I don't know how you guys could fit one more person on there. I must think or something. I, you could have sat on the front row with me, but I, I know why you didn't. But, uh, and it's in the spit zone, I think. I think that's why he sat there. Well, I do want to give a heartfelt thank you from the Caledonia Belize team. We felt your prayers, and they are greatly appreciated. Praise the Lord for what God is doing through at East Avoga Baptist Church Missions. Amen? Praise the Lord that we're sending people nonstop. Praise the Lord. May we be sending more all throughout the year. It is my heart as your pastor that we send people in the summertime, in the fall, in the winter, in the springtime, that every opportunity we are sending people on missions around the world. Sometimes we may only send two or three people. Other times we may send 20 or 30. But praise be to God, it doesn't matter the number of people. What matters is what you're doing and how you're, and uh, what, where you're going and what, the word of God that you're taking with you. And so if you're not involved in missions, I, I want to, through the scriptures in the next coming weeks, starting today, I want to convince you of why you need to be involved in missions. Number one, it does not part of the message. Uh, if you are on Facebook, I realize if you go on missions, when you come back, you look 40 years younger than your colleagues. We came back on missions all over Facebook. Everybody looked 40 years older. And this face app that they use, and I thought, well, gosh, I'm so glad we went on missions. Uh, it, it makes you, you work hard, sweat a lot, eat different foods, fight with tarantulas and poisonous snakes. Praise God, I'm not convincing anybody to go anymore. But you come back younger, so we're thankful for that. But I, want, I, I don't want you to go on missions because I say so. I don't want you to go on missions because in a couple of weeks you're going to hear from our mission teams and what God did in their lives. I want you to go on missions because God's called you to. God's commanded us to go. You say, well, I don't have the resources. You're right, you don't, but He does. I don't have the ability to do that. You're right, you don't, but He does. I can't talk to people. You may not, but He can. He can use you in a mighty way. 2 Peter chapter 1, we'll be reading verses 12 through 15. If you have found your place in the scriptures, or you've opened your app, or whatever device you might be using, you'll stand with me as we read 2 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 10, verse 12. As I left you two weeks ago, we read verses 3 through 11. We looked at what discipleship is and the importance of gaining knowledge, not just any knowledge, but knowledge of the what? The scriptures and how important it is. Well, then Peter, in his, uh, in his book, in 2 Peter, then he says what to do with that. What do we do with the knowledge we gain? And so 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12 through 15, Therefore, obviously, you read therefore, you see what it is. Therefore, 
So you go back. You weren't here two weeks ago. You can go online. You can listen to that. Therefore, I will always remind you about these things. Even though you know them and are established in the truth you now have. I think it is right as long as I am in this bodily tent to wake you up with a reminder. Uh, your tra your uh, translation may say to stir you up, to wake you up with a reminder, since I know that I will soon lay aside my tent, as our Lord Jesus Christ has indeed made clear to me. And I will also make every effort so that you are able to recall these things at any time after my departure. There is in this passage a word that comes up, and that word is to remember to be reminded, and that is exactly what we'll talk about today. How discipleship, and what that is, is a disciple is a steward, uh, a student of the Lord Jesus, of the Word of God. You you are saved, you've been baptized, you, and you're a disciple. Discipleship is just the process of becoming a disciple. Uh, the process of, the, of growing in discipleship, growing as a believer, growing in maturity. Uh, and so as we do that, it reminds us of some things, and that's what Peter is telling them. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. God, we love you because you first loved us, and you've been faithful to us. Lord, as uh, the scriptures told us this morning, when we've been faithless, God, you've been faithful. And there are people all across this room, Lord, they have testimony that, when, that you have been faithful. And God, we thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for the cross and the blood that we shed. That, that, Lord, it reaches to the highest mountains and it reaches to the lowest of the valleys. And, God, when we find ourselves in those valleys, Lord, you are there. The name of the Lord is in the valleys. God, you are the lily of the valley. There is beauty in the valley. There's grace there and there's wonder. And we're thankful for that. God, may the scriptures transform our minds this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want to share with you three observations from this passage. Number one, discipleship reminds you of what you already know. Discipleship reminds you of what you already know. We said that the, the idea of discipleship is a daily walking, a daily growing with the Lord. The only way you do that is through the Scriptures. You cannot grow in the Lord without the Scriptures. You can't grow in the Lord just coming to hear me. You can't grow in the Lord watching someone on TV. You can't grow in the Lord just by coming to Sunday school. You must daily open the Bible, open the Scriptures. It is studying them, knowing them, bathing yourself in the Scriptures, the Holy Word of God. And so discipleship reminds you of what you already know. That's what Peter says in verse 12. Therefore, as he talks about the knowledge of the Word of God and the importance of the Word of God, he says, I will always remind you about these things, even though you know them. You already know these things. Isn't that the great role of a pastor? To remind you of the things you already know? Isn't it the hardest thing to live out in your life or what? The things you already know. The things you already know. Even as a pastor, as I endure things in my life, as I endure trials and just and pitfalls and just moments in my life that are hard, they, 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 they like twist me and they bring me out a little bit. And people have to remind me that God's faithful, right? And God is faithful. He can heal you. He can do this. He can do that. The greatest, the hardest part 
of us are the things that we already know. And discipleship reminds you of what you already know. And Peter says, that's what I want to do. Discipleship in the scriptures called to remembrance the things that you already know. Not trying to sound like a broken record, but to embed them into your hearts. They're not trying to just be repetitive, repetitive, repetitive. Oh, Pastor Mike says the same thing every Sunday. You want to know why? Because you keep doing the same thing every week. We need the scriptures to remind us. We need to be reminded of the goodness of the gospel, the, the scriptures and what they say of who God is. I will never apologize for standing up in here and reminding you that God is faithful. He's faithful. He's powerful. He's all-knowing, everlasting. He knows all things. He's a wonderful counselor. Mighty God, he's the prince of peace for your life. I'll never apologize for saying that over and over and over again. His discipleship reminds you of what you already know. This is nothing new for us. It's a constant practice in our lives. If you're a parent, you know this. You tell your children the same thing over and over and over again. They really can't hear you. It's like, you don't hear what I say. No, no, they do. They just need to be reminded over and over and over and over again. You do this as a parent. I do this as a parent. We remind our children over and over of our commands of what is expected of them, what they can do, what they cannot do. It's, we're like, you said this. I said like a broken record. Or oh, or some of y'all are like, what's a record? I don't even know what that is. Some of y'all guys, y'all I don't know what's a record. Did you break a record? Like, were you running when you broke a record? What do you sound like a record? Just over and over. You want to know why we're like that? You want to know why we need discipleship in our life to remind us of things we already know? As the song says, I am prone to wonder. I'm prone to wonder. I'm prone to wander off the path and discipleship reminds me of the task at hand. It reminds me of what God's called me to do and brings me back into the path in which I am to walk in the Lord. Reminds us of what we already know, not only parenting, you do it in your work. We're constantly reminded in our workplace of the basics that brought the company from the ground to where it is today. You have to go to seminars and you have to go to meetings that are useless to you. You know, I would say, we could have done that in an email. If you could send in an email, do it, I would have to meet. It's the same thing. It's the same thing I remember. You know why? Because people have a problem. They can do it. You have to have safety meetings all the time. Why? Because we forget. We get lazy in our understanding. We do it in school. We're taught the same thing over and over and over. Why? So that we'll be able to use the knowledge we gain in the future when we need it. All of these so that when the time comes, you will remember. So when life smacks you dead in the face, you will not be prone to wonder, but you will be reminded that I stand on solid ground because of the scriptures not because of who I am, not because of who I know, not because of the shirt that I wear on my back, not because of what I have, but when life punches you in the face, when Satan slithers his way into your life, you stand firm and I know. I remember. It are those that are devoted themselves to daily discipleship. They're the ones that remember. Daily discipleship calls us to remember. What does he call us to remember? I love this. The daily discipleship, as we open the scriptures together uh, on our own, as we gather in small group once a week with like-minded people, we open the scriptures and we read it and we love it.
love it and it, it pours over our life. We get to talk with other people about it and share what God's doing in our life. It calls us to remember. Calls us to remember the long list of mercies from the Lord. It calls us to remember the list of sins, the long list of sins that grace has covered. Amen? It causes us to remember the long list of sins that love has covered because love covers the multitudes of sins, and we're thankful for that. We're reminded of the long list of ways that God has provided, that God has protected, God has supplied, and that God has comforted. You don't do that if you're not reading God's scriptures. You're not reminded of those things. You can remind them when you come here on Sunday. What about on Monday? What about on Tuesday? Daily discipleship calls you to remember the long list of reasons why you need more scripture in your life. When we remember, it compels us to praise Him. It compels us to sing to Him even more when we gather together. The writer of Psalms, if you look at uh, Psalms uh, 103, 104, 105, possibly 106 in my theologians. I think it's I think it's 103, 104, 105, something like that. And it's just they were kind of rode together by David. Psalm 103 through 105 gives the many reasons, the many ways we remember. When you look at Psalms 103, 104, and 105, you just go home and read it tonight. It's just so many things of reasons of remembrances that God brings us. You don't get these if you don't read the scriptures daily. In Psalm 105, it says, Give thanks to the Lord. Call on His name. Proclaim His deeds. Sing to Him. Sing praise to Him. Why? Tell about all of His wondrous works, His strengths. Remember the wondrous works He has done, His wonders and the judgments He has pronounced, the promises He has ordained, the covenants that He has made. And over and over and over, David's reminding himself the long list of glories of God, wondrances of God. You don't get that when you don't have discipleship in your life. Why? You're prone to wonder. And you wonder. You look at Psalm 104, they start with, My soul, bless the Lord. My God, you are very great, clothed with majesty, splendor. You wrap, he wraps himself in light as if you're a rose spreading out the sky. I mean, I could keep going on and on. Go home and read Psalm 103, 104, 105. And as you read these, it's, uh, many have said that David was in his old age when writing this. I find that peculiar. He was in his old age when he wrote those glorious songs. I think old age is the best time to praise the Lord. Because you have the longest record of His mercies. You have the longest record of His answered prayers. You have the longest record of His grace in your life. You have the longest record of God's amazing, unmatchless love for you. You have the longest record of God providing for you. It is in old age where we ought to praise the Lord more. Because I'm reminded, I have the longest list of mercies in my life. The longest record to remember. Praise the Lord for our senior saints in our church. Our senior saints should be the, those who worship and praise Him the most. Due to their decades of life, you have seen, you have experienced, you have walked through. You have forgotten how much God loves you more than I know. You have walked through life. You have the longest record of God that ought to cause you to praise the Lord even more. So, amen. See your saints. Amen. Your friends. Amen.
Young, I'm not one. I don't identify as a senior saint. What's the age? I don't know. Is it 55? 55? 55 and older. Say it. You're not going to do it. Amen. This is why many don't praise them. Not just senior saints. I think this is why many Christians don't praise the Lord. Why? You have forgotten. You have forgotten. Go read Psalm 103. Go read Psalm 104. Go read Psalm 105. John MacArthur says this, superficial knowledge of God leads to superficial worship. Superficial knowledge of God leads to superficial worship. If you don't know God, you will not worship God. Oh yeah, you'll worship with your lips. It'll come out. And you'll sing in the choir. You'll sing out here. You'll be involved in all kinds of things. But you are not worshiping with your heart. Superficial knowledge of God leads to superficial worship. You leave here today and you go, I didn't get anything out of that. Well, it's good because it wasn't for you anyway. You came in the wrong mindset. You know, how many people tell me that? I didn't get anything out of that, preacher. I don't care. It wasn't for you. I didn't get anything out of that music. I don't care. It wasn't for you. It was for him. If you came in and get something for you, you're wrong. You came in for the wrong reason. It's all for him. It doesn't matter. We can sing. It doesn't matter what we sing. Just sing. I mean, just a little children's love. I don't care. Jesus loves little children. All the children of the world. That's me. No matter what we sing. I didn't get anything out of that, brother. I don't care. Like, I really don't. I don't care. It's not for you. It's all for him. We come in looking for something for us. We've forgotten what he's done for us. We gather together. We have a long list of his mercies and his goodness. It is the simple truths of the scripture that we need to constantly be reminded of. Why? So that we may not forget them. Observation number two. Discipleship keeps you from forgetting. Discipleship keeps you from forgetting. Second Peter verse, chapter 1 verse 13, he says, I think it's right as long as I'm in the bodily tent to wake you up with a reminder. Other translations, your Bible might say stir you up. Why? Because people have forgotten. They have forgotten. Let me wake you up with the scriptures. Let me wake, let me stir you up. Let me shake you to cause you to remembrance of who God is and what he has done for you. Peter, to wake you up with a reminder. We serve the Lord well when we remind those around us of the scriptures. I think Peter's trying to teach us, may we be great remembrancers. I don't know if that's a word. It is now. I put it on my notes. I had a squiggly line under it, so I guess it's not. I think God's calling us to be great remembrancers. The office of remembrancers. That's you and that's me. We are bound to make mention of the promises. We are bound to make mention of his precepts, the doctrines and duties of the Christian faith, and not only to remember them, but to do them. Not just to know them, but to do them. Someone who is embedded in discipleship, they don't just know God's word, they do God's word. They don't just know what it says, they're not just hearers, they're doers. It's probably most of our church has got a lot of hearers. We don't have any doers of the word. Matthew Henry said it this way, we need to put in mind what we already know to prevent our forgetting it and to improve our knowledge and reduce all the practice. We need to put in mind all that we already know. You know enough about God to worship Him. You know enough about God to live for Him, what He's done for you. We need to put in mind what we already know to prevent forgetting it and improve our knowledge and reduce it all to practice it. 
to do it in our lives. May we not forget the great doctrines of our faith that bring us peace, that bring us joy and patience and loving kindness, dedications to service. May we not forget those great doctrines of our faith. For it is what drives us. It's what gets you out of bed every morning, the great doctrines of our faith. May we walk in them, live in them. I love the way David in Psalm 103, verses 1 and 2, he says, My soul bless the Lord, and all that is in me bless his holy name. My soul bless the Lord, listen, and do not forget all his benefits. Do not forget all his, forget not his benefits. Forget none of them. Don't forget any of God's benefits. Don't forget none of them. And discipleship, daily discipleship, reminds us of the great benefits of God. Discipleship helps, helps us do this. Reminded of a song. I don't remember the lyrics. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking all this loss, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. See what God has done. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Amen. Simple song, isn't it? Count your blessings. You remember that song? Name them one by one. I think we're learning. Forget not his benefits. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. By one. The psalmist reminds us of what those benefits are. If you keep reading in Psalm 103, verses 3, 4, and 5, it says he forgives all of your iniquity. We can stop there. That'd be enough. We can stop. That'd be enough for us. It would be enough for us to devote our lives to the Lord. It'd be enough for us to devote our families, our workplaces, our schools. That's not it. He forgives all of your iniquity. You know what that means? All of your wrongdoing, God wipes it away. His wife is gone. No more. Can you believe that? He forgives all your iniquity. He heals all of your diseases. Not only is God good enough to take your sin away, He'll see your diseases. He'll go, ah, those are nothing. Just wipe them out. Maybe not here on earth, but in heaven they will be. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. Boy, that's where I was. I think I was worse. I was in the pit looking down. And there was nowhere to go. God reached down, pulled me out of the pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. He satisfies you with good things. Satisfies you with good things. These are not earthly things that he satisfies us with. These are faithful things. This is love, peace in the midst of sorrow, joy in the midst of perils of life satisfies you with good things. Your youth is renewed like the eagle. He says, forget not his benefits, the greatest benefit being that our sin is removed. I think that's why he starts there. I think that's why the very first one is your iniquities. He forgives all of your iniquities. He removes them. Verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. The greatest benefit, forget not his benefits. The greatest one being your sins are forgiven. Amen? Amen. 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 
your sins, your iniquities, your wrongdoings, they are removed. And they're not just removed over beside you or behind you. They're not going put in a box and locked up for a little while. No, no, no. It's not just that. It says, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Isaiah 44, 22, I have swept away your transgressions like a cloud, and your sins are like a mist. So return to me, for I have redeemed you. Hebrews 8, 12, for I will forgive their wrongdoing, and I will never again remember their sins. There is a lot of forgetting, but it's not by us. There's a lot of forgetting, but it's by Him. Forget not His benefits. Why? Because He has forgotten your sin. Forget not His benefits. Why? Because He has forgotten your sin. Amen? Praise the Lord. Yes. That's why, that's why Thomas David says, it's the first one. It's the first one. Your iniquities are forgiven. It requires no extra strength for him. If we don't read, if we don't study and memorize and meditate on the scriptures and devote ourselves to discipleship, we will forget what we should remember and we will remember what we should forget. Discipleship. If we don't devote ourselves to it, we will forget what we should remember, His benefits. And we will remember what we should forget, our sins. Most people live a life, they remember their sins and forget His benefits. All the while, God says in the Scriptures, no, 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 you gotta, I have forgotten your sins, you remember my benefits. I think that's why people live a life of sorrow. Because they're just their sin is thrown in their face, their wrongdoings are thrown in their face by our adversary. They for, they remember their sin and forget the benefits. But discipleship causes you to remember the benefits and forget your sin. We look at the face of our adversary when my accuser makes my claim that I should die for my wrongdoing and my sin. I point him to the rugged cross, for Jesus died for me, and I remember. Those benefits. Number three, discipleship compels us to take what we already know and tell others. Compels us, this is where mission comes in. If you look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, I'm excuse me, 14 and 15. So since I know that I will soon lay aside my tent as the Lord Jesus Christ has indeed made, made clear to me, he knows he's about to die. I will also make every effort so that you are able to recall these things at any time after my departure. What discipleship does is we remember what we already know, take what we already know, what God teaches us through the scriptures. Discipleship compels us. I've got to tell somebody. I've got to tell somebody. Somebody needs to hear of who this God is. Somebody needs to be told of who this God is. And then your co-workers, your friends, your relatives, your neighbors, your faith family members, as life hits them in the face, you are a remembrancer to them. And you remind them of who God is. You remind them of who the Lord is. Peter knew his time on earth was coming to an end. He wanted to make sure he was faithful in telling. Listen, the more you know, the more you can tell. The more you know, the more you can tell. I think that's why a lot of people don't go on missions. They don't know anything. 
You know the model. You can survive on this earth, and you, you, you can do your job, you can fix things, you can do all kinds of things. But when it comes to the Bible, you don't know anything. And I think that's why a lot of people don't share their faith, they don't go on missions, they don't know anything like that. They don't know God. They don't know the Bible. I don't know it all. I, I would never claim that I know anything. You may come to me today and say, I got a question about this. I'll, I, may go, I, don't, I don't know. I'll, I'll go, Let, let's work together and we'll, we'll look at the scriptures and what it looks like. I think the reason why people don't tell is because they don't know. The more you know, the more you tell. You know why? Because it reminds you of this God that went to Calvary and died on a cross for you so that your iniquities could be forgiven, your sins could be removed, and the righteousness of Christ clothed over so that you can walk in joy, so that you can go to heaven one day, your sins forgiven. And you so desperately want other people to know that. The more you know, the more you can tell discipleship leads to missions, took the gospel to the nations. As Gardendale has a say, Gardendale Baptist, First Baptist Church with Kevin Ham across the street and around the world. We are to take these simple truths, these gospel truths, to those who need it. One commentary put it this way, the great doctrines of the gospel. Here they are. Listen. What do we go and tell? The great doctrines of the gospel, that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, that those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved, and all that believe in God must be careful to maintain good works. Cybership leads to missions because you read the scriptures and it tells you to go and you want to obey. But also because you're so thankful for what God's done for you in your life, you know so much about God, you want other people to know too. Discipleship leads to missions in your life, and mission leads to moments in your life that you'll never forget. You know, our Caledonia team just got back Friday. And I was reminded of a, a guy there that seven years ago, we were going seven years, no major. I was reminded of a guy. I'll show you a picture. We have to put the lights down, I'm sure, because uh, our projector's not running. Really <laughs> uh, there you go. I'm the one on your right. This guy right here, seven years ago, we were having a men's study outside of the church. That's outside part of the church there. As we're having a Bible study outside of the men, this guy rides up on his bicycle. Just keep looking at it there. Keep, just keep it just like this. Rides up on his bicycle. Come on. Plaster. I mean, he was drunk. So they could drive like for three days probably. I mean, he was, I don't even know how he was riding a bike. Rise day, I mean, you're, yeah, how was he riding that bike? I don't know how he was staying up, but the grace of God, he was staying up. So he drives up, you know, can't understand anything he's saying. I don't understand uh, Spanish, much less drunk Spanish. I don't know any he comes up saying all these weird things and, and whatever. So he grabs my Bible. He took my Bible. And most of y'all are not preachers here, but there's some in here. You know that Bible? Like that's, I got, no, no, no. I, I want you to have a Bible, but not that one. Like I, I put a lot of work into that Bible. Pages turn easy. I got a lot of notes in there. A lot of, just not that one. So he takes it. I never, I didn't get it back. I don't, I don't remember. Town drunk. 
He showed up at the men's study. Because through the scriptures, God saved them. He comes to church all the time now. He's serving the Lord. He loves the Lord. He's a big impact in our church. You don't get to experience that apart from discipleship, knowing who God is and what he's done. And it spurs you on to go tell someone else. I'm thankful for him. I can't remember his name, actually. That's awful. But I'm thankful for that experience. What about you? Have you forgotten his benefits? Have you been living in anxiety, living in unrest, have a lack of joy, lack of peace in your life? You know you're saved. You trust in that. You believe in that. Be reminded of what you already know. As Isaiah said, as we just read a while ago, I swept away your transgressions like a cloud. Be reminded of that. I swept away your transgressions like a cloud and your sins like a mist. And God says, return to me. I've redeemed you. Come back to me. Have you forgotten? Maybe the Lord has reminded you of the scriptures. Maybe you've heard what God can do for your sins. Maybe you've heard this morning that he can forgive your iniquities, forgive all your sins. And you need that for the very first time. You need Jesus. I pray as we sing in just a moment, it's called an invitation. We invite you to the Lord Jesus. The altar is available at all times at our church service. It doesn't matter when. You can come at any time. But in this specific moment, the prayer is that those who are saints of God, you have forgotten the benefits of God, and God has reminded you of those. You have been entangled in the world. You have forgotten his benefits. And as God says in Isaiah 24, come back to me. For I have, I bought you. I bought you by the blood. I purchased you. are mine. Come back to me. Maybe you didn't do that. Maybe you need to be a remembrancer to be reminded. Or maybe you just need the Lord Jesus. As I just said while ago, the great doctrine of the gospel is this, that Christ Jesus is the Christ. He came to the world, why? To save sinners. That was me. And that's you. That those who believe in the Lord Jesus will what? They shall be saved. Amen. Saved. And all that believe in God must be careful to maintain good works. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. You are good. Your love endures forever. You're amazing. Lord, we don't deserve it. God, I pray for saints in here. I, I, I would probably say the majority of people in here proclaim that they are a disciple, they're a follower of you. Lord, I'd probably also say there are many, many of those same people that have forgotten. Is that you? Have you forgotten? Discipleship calls you to remember those benefits. And the greatest benefit is not that God will provide for you, but the greatest benefit is that He removed all your iniquities. That is enough. For us, as it says in Isaiah, come back to me. That's why he says, for I redeemed you. God didn't say, come back to me because I provided for you. Come back to me because I have protected you in, in moments of times. Come back to me because I watched over you, or I did this, or I did that. No. 
He says, come back to me. Why? Because I paid the penalty, the price for your sin. Come back to me. Have you forgotten? I pray God begins a revival in your own heart. Stirs your heart, as Peter says. Stirs your heart. That you, every day, you give the scriptures and are reminded of who God is. And that we have a revival break out in East Logan like never before. Because we are a bunch of remembrancers. And no matter what life does to me, I'm going to remember. So come and pray. Or maybe you need the Lord Jesus. You, you're the one whose sins need to be forgiven today. I'll be down front. I know Pastor John will be down front as well. I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to counsel you. I'd love to talk with you if you have questions. I pray that the Lord does amazing things in your life. Remember, Father, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Will you stand and sing with us?